0: Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. This podcast hosts the weekly Sunday service message from Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York, pastored by Kristen Joan Wood. We hope this resource encourages, challenges, and helps you in your journey with God. So whether you're driving, washing dishes, or sitting in your living room, let's prepare our hearts together as we hear the word of the Chris and Joan are phenomenal pastors. You know, I travel all over. Uh I go to some good churches. Well, all Elam churches are good churches, but sometimes go to not so good churches. This is you got you have phenomenal pastors and an awesome church. Uh just, uh, just the way I think a church, you know, it shouldn't be just good on Sunday. It's only good on Sunday if it's changed your life for Monday. And it's touching people's lives in your in your life. And I love the way uh, Chris and Joan and you guys reach out to the community in so many practical ways. And again, you know, we want to be super spiritual on Sunday and get touched, but it's got to transform us for uh, Monday. You know, if we're still kicking the dog and swearing at our kids on Monday, uh, it didn't work so well. And... Uh, uh so that so that 's what I love about your pastors just uh they have a heart for God, but they also have a heart for people, and to be able to serve them in practical ways uh you know we i i oh my goodness all my notes I could be uh just hold on one second stay right there say say stay, stay, yeah oh look at this i can 't even get it there we go, all right. Well, wow, you know, th- these are crazy times, aren't they? Crazy times. Did you ever did you think at the beginning of the year you'd be having uh, church in the parking lot for how many weeks now? I mean, uh, just forget that. I'm not supposed to use them. That's all right. I can do it without that. You know, and it's uh, it's very disorienting, isn't it? Uh, everything that's happening, the whole covid thing and, uh, you know, every uh, the, the, the we, we have the ra- racial stuff and politics and uh you know, we, I go to churches and they're arguing over, uh, should we all wear masks? Shouldn't we wear masks? Is this, you know, there's major, major who would have thought? I mean, it's, uh, and one of the things that I do when uh, I'm in a disoriented time, when I'm feeling like, hey, how do we get a handle on this? I always, uh, I kind of start praying and I start reading uh, the word in order to find some kind of hooks or what I would call like kind of foundation points. Of uh, to be able to get my kind of get my bearings and get my stability, you know, I'm asking God, where where are you in all of this that's happening? Because sometimes you can feel like, hey, where's God in a, you know, when when you can't meet uh, like normal and uh, you can't go out, you can't even. I don't I don't know how you pastor nowadays when you you can't visit. You, there was a time when you couldn't visit people when they got sick, uh, even people who were. Passing away, they uh, couldn't have funerals. What, where's where is God and all this stuff? And uh, you know, one of the things that I find, and uh, I want to read you one scripture here in Matthew, where Jesus says, "The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness." If then the Light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? In other words, uh, you know, what, I think what Jesus is saying is, listen, when, if uh, it's how you see things is uh, sometimes the problem. If I see things all negative and all dark and all bad, uh, it's going to affect all of my life. But if I, if I see with the eyes of God, everything, everything changes. And so, you know, I, I just began to ask the Holy Spirit, what is it how do we uh, how do we move? how do we act how what, How do we live in this covid uh, world that we 're living in? you know one of the things that he showed me uh, is that we need a kind of a mind reset you know we need to get our minds reset, we need to get our minds uh, transformed into the place where we are today, and that 's what Jesus was always about that. He was always about trying to you know, transform the way people thought. You're trying to get their perspective and how they saw things. You know, trying to—they uh, were all wrapped up in tradition and how they've always done things. And so Jesus was always doing things that kind of blew people's minds. You know, I mean, especially his disciples. I mean, he one time in John chapter four, uh, he was going to do something so radical. That he's that 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 he sent his disciples into town to go get some subs and stuff, uh, because because he was going to go talk to a Samaritan, not just a Samaritan but a Samaritan woman, and he he knew that my guys are not going to be able to handle this because Samaritans were like just dogs, literally. That's how you know they were just bad, you know, and uh, and then a woman besides, and you can see if you read the story in John four. You, when, when the guys come back, they are blown away. And see, because, because Jesus was all about changing the rules and changing, uh, you know, where, where people were excluded. All of a sudden, Jesus comes along. He says, no, 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 no. We, my, my father and I are always about including people and, bring, and, bringing, and bringing them in. And I think what we're experiencing is the need for, like, a mindset reset. You know we gotta we gotta change the way we look at things. And that's just the way Jesus was. And in fact, in John uh, chapter eight, they bring a woman who's caught in adultery to Jesus, and it's cut and dry. I mean, they 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 bring they bring her to uh, one of Jesus's Bible studies, which must have been quite the study that day. Probably the next week it was packed out. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Uh, but they expected. They said to Jesus, the religious leaders who are, they have a religious mindset, a traditional mindset. They're actually a mindset that they think they're following the Bible. And so they ask Jesus, well, what should happen? And Jesus blows them away again by standing with this woman who's caught in adultery. And it just blows their minds. Because they're saying, what's the word, you know, what the Bible says, but what do you say? And he just, he gives them, you know, that's what Jesus is about. And then in John 9, I want to, and that's where I'm going to land today is in John 9. My, uh, I think my notes, uh, uh, no, we're good because I'm not going to read them. You probably know the story. Now in John 8, right, at the end, they're about, to, they want to kill Jesus. They want to, I think they want to stone him. And they're on their way. It says they're on their way. And it says Jesus saw a blind beggar and he's blind from birth. Now, just the fact again. Here's the here's the reset. Jesus is seeing the blind beggar. The the disciples aren't seeing the blind beggar. I mean, you know, you know what it's like. I you know I I grew up in a New York City area, and it's like I kind of learned. I growing up, I learned you don't pay attention to the beggars. You know what I'm saying? If, you give, if I give them money, I got to give everybody money. You know what I'm saying? That's the way the disciples were. Oh, don't make eye contact with them. You know. In fact, they they were uh, they were kind of. Uh, you know, embarrassed that Jesus is seeing this guy. But I want you to see something, that Jesus sees, not only does he see, but he, God stops in his tracks for people who are down and out, people who are normally looked over and passed over and ignored. Jesus literally sees them and stops in his tracks to do something. Now the disciples, they need to reset because they're they're like having a theological argument. I think it was to cover up their embarrassment that Jesus, he's he's, uh, talking to that blind guy, that beggar. And they're like, well, uh, uh, who sinned? You know, they're all about who sinned. You know, kind of like one of those Facebook discussions. You know, that's what I I get embarrassed sometimes by uh, Christians on on Facebook. Because it's like, you know, there's just the crazy things that we're saying to each other. And I think that's what's happening here. They're like, well, who sinned? Uh, Did he sin? Uh, Did his parents sin? Who sinned? And uh, Jesus is just like, you know. Hitting himself in the head, like guys, guys. That's not what this is about, and sometimes that's what we can be. Again, we need to, we get this re, this this. Uh, we need a reset, in that it's not about blame. You know, we gotta we gotta blame somebody. No, what Jesus says this is about uh, more about solutions, and it's more about this is to the glory of God. You see, sometimes Jesus puts us in a predicament, not just to get us out of the predicament. But to, get, but to bring glory to God, the, the, what you're facing. Some of you may be facing some real, uh, you know, predicaments, real tight spots, real, real tough spots. And oftentimes we're, we're kind of like complaining to God and whining to God and uh, we're saying, well, you know, this is the problem. And if, uh, if I was raised differently or if I had a better job or I would have gotten the promotion. But God is saying, no, the place that you find yourself, is the place where I'm going to get glory out of your life? I'm going to get. Uh, I'm going to get credibility. I'm going to get more credibility, and I think glory means uh, credibility. When God's getting glory, it's making Him more real to you and to the people around you, and that's what that's what this predicament's about. Let me. Get, I have to get a drink. Little drink of water. I've got. I've got one person excited. How you all doing? I'm trying to match Eric's energy here. So, uh, you know, I'll be dead at the end, but it'll be worth it. So listen, the jam that you find yourself in, it could be the very place that God wants you to be. And instead of looking for who to blame, the wise, just look for God to get glory out of your life. And stop, you know, you know, stop having theological arguments, you know, what, you know what's, uh, you just hear all these uh, conspiracy theories and all this stuff. But listen, what's that doing? No, let's find out, what, God, what are you up to? How do you want to get glory out of the situation that I find myself in? No matter where you find yourself, even if you got yourself into the mess, I really believe that God can get glory out of your life. By bringing transformation and making uh, something amazing out of the messes that we make, see, you know, what does Jesus do? You know, Jesus does some—he uh, does some interesting things here. He, uh, when he sees this guy, uh, he he bends down. I'm assuming that he bent down, which is amazing to me that God bends down for us because it says that uh, it says that he, may, you know, he put mud, he made spit and dirt. See, some of us are counting ourselves out. Some of you are looking at that board over there for the, uh, the wellspring and say, how are we ever going to do this, you know? How can we ever do it? But God's able to do stuff with the very little that we have. And he, see, God bends down. He, uh, I can just, uh, you know, I can imagine that this guy, and aren't you glad, aren't you glad that we don't, uh, we don't take the Bible always literally? You know, us evangelicals, we we're, we're literal. But uh imagine if I would have had a nice little tin here and I said I got some uh I spit in mud and I want you to come up. I'm going to I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm so glad that uh we have we don't we ha- we don't do that, you know? Cuz Jesus bends down and he gets his hands dirty for us. You see you realize that we have a we have a God that's not far away. That's not he's not so holy and so like other although he is but he's willing to connect with us willing to get his hands dirty for us again i'm i'm am i'm all i'm in the book of john you know in john 13 he he washes the disciples feet that's how that's how willing he is to get get dirty with for us and with us you know what i'm saying and and so I, I, you know jesus is pulling up a hawker you yeah, know i got to remember the guys the guys uh, blind he's not deaf so even during the, even during that theological discussion I would imagine that the guy's like, "Hey guys, guys, uh, uh, I'm I'm right here." You know, it's like, I, you know, I, I know you're having an argument about me and who sinned, and it seems like uh, it seems crazy. How could I don't know how the guy could have sinned, you know, when uh, in the womb? I don't know. I don't I don't think that could have happened. And you're going to blame his parents, but he's listen. I'm here. And then when Jesus is trying to get enough saliva, I, what's the guy thinking? Like, what's uh, what's happening? You know, what's happening here? But Jesus, uh, he's going to touch this guy. He's going to touch a blind beggar, a guy who's never been able to see. And he wants to touch each one of us. He wants to touch you in the place where you're blind, the place where you're not seeing, the place, your place of deepest need. That's where, you see, even if, it's, even if you see, some people think they're untouchables, you know, that they're, that they're uh, kind of way out there in the kingdom of God. You're in, but you don't feel like you're one of his favorite sons. You know, my, my picture is not uh, on his refrigerator. No, but Jesus wants to touch you. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he wants to touch you. Now, Jesus, he smears this uh, mud and spit on his eyes, which is, again, you know, just incredible to me. And he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which, which is amazing. You know, so that, that word Siloam means sent. Go wash in the place that you're sent. Uh, now, the guy goes, but think about this now. He goes after be, he's touched by Jesus. Jesus never says to him, "You're going to be you're going to be able to see." He just says, "Go wash in the Pool of Siloam." And also, he goes blind. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't get his sight and then make his way to the Pool of Siloam. He has to go blind. What is it that God may be calling you to? or asking you to do, that you may have to do it blind. That even though you hear the voice of God, even though you feel the touch of God, there's sometimes, there's some things where God's going to get the glory that we have to go at it blind. Because this guy looks worse off after Jesus touched him than he did before Jesus touched him. Because now he's he's got spit and dirt and mud dripping down his face and he's got to make his way through this town to the pool of Salome, and I'm not really sure why he went. You know, because listen, you, you know, sometimes a little bit. I think Jesus set the guy up for success because you couldn't just go to a McDonald's or uh, somewhere like that to wash. There was very little water, but no running water back in those days. Probably the only place he could wash was the pool of Siloam. So even though he's going blind. And you may be in a real confusing time and wondering where's God in all of this that God is setting us up for success cuz he's got no choice but to get washed up, right? He's got to he's got to wash this stuff he's got to wash this stuff off. But you may be on your way. You see, now listen, to, here's the thing. Remember I said he's he's blind, not deaf. And so he can hear the word of the Lord. And the Bible says, right, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so sometimes you got to move by faith. Every step of the way, you got to you got to figure this guy every step of the way, every step of the way. Every step is a step of faith and faith pleases God. Faith brings transformation. And see, sometimes when you're lost, when you're going blind, when you're on your way and you're going blind, it's one more step, one more step, one more step. And, you know, I give glory to God. With every step I take, every little step you take is one step closer to the place that you've been sent. Even though you don't know the whole story, you still have heard the word of the Lord. Something in this guy, there was something going on in him by that that word that Jesus spoke to him, you go wash. And can you imagine when when he got there, man? And he, uh, you know, he, he, just, he just, I don't know if he dove in it, like a baptism. And he could see for the first time in his life. I mean, what, what I, I just, I think of a, like a Hollywood type movie with slow motion. And he's coming up and, the, you know, the, the splashes and droplets of, uh, of water. And then just his, his ecstasy over being able to see for the first time. And that's what God wants to do with each one of us as we move on the word in faith. You know, and, and sometimes you've got to stay focused. Uh, I, I had another scripture I wanted to read to you where Paul, uh, what Paul said. He said, listen, he said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, not a thousand, not ten, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called me, heaven and in Christ Jesus. Listen, it's a focus. And, 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 and again, you know, the fact that he goes blind, he has to go to the pool blind, that there's nothing that you've lost in the past that will stop the work of God in your life for today and for the future.
1: See, he could, he could say, well, I can't go.
0: I can't see yet. But no, God called him to go blind because he's saying, listen, you're not, it's not determined on what you lost, what happened in your past, or even what's going on in your present. If you take the word and move forward with it, God is going to do a transforming work. You see, we're, we're, we're quick to blame, we're quick to make excuses, but like Paul, one thing, one thing is every step of the way. Just like, just like the, the, the offering that you're taking for that house, it's one brick at a time. If everybody does their part, one brick, one brick. If some of you are saying, how are we going to do this? And, uh, you know, well, are we going to be able to get a mortgage? No, it's, it's just one step at a time. Everybody doing what God has called them to do. Because the enemy tries to throw all sorts of things at us to get us to quit, get us to give up, get us to surrender. But the word of the Lord is uh, producing faith in us to move forward to that place of scent where transformation happens. And we can see the world in a whole new way. Now, not everybody's happy about that. Am I doing on time? Yeah. Now, listen. If you have time, read John 9. Here's the thing. Because this guy can now he can see, and uh the neighbors the neighbors see him, and they're like uh is that is that the blind beggar and uh someone say, yeah, it looks just like him, and uh no, no, I don't think it's him, I think it's just somebody who looks like him again. This would be Facebook stuff, you know this is a conspiracy theory now I think they're cloning this guy now, you know that that can't be him no, it looks like him, but he can see can't be him, you know uh, and we'd have a big argument over uh Is it him? Isn't it him? It's fake news, not fake news. You know, what's going on? You know, so the neighbors are all confused. And then the religious leaders. And here's why I don't want to become one of these people. The religious leaders look at him like, how would this happen to you? I mean, they're not even excited. They're not even excited about the fact that Jesus has touched him and brought him into the kingdom and all the revelation the guy's getting about God and the fact that he can see they start interrogating him and they're like they well, this guy Jesus he healed you on the sabbath and they're they're using this you know legalistic uh narrow uh focus and you know the guys the guys the guy is just like we want we don't want to line up with that kind of exclusiveness we don't want to line up with that kind of uh rigid rigid look at at what the bible says we, want to, we need God to touch us, to open us up, to bring in new people, to bring in different people, to bring in people that don't look like us, don't act like us, and uh, even seem like they shouldn't be with us. That's everything that this blind beggar was. That's a, that woman in John 4, she was everything that said, no, she doesn't belong here. She's not one of us. This guy's not one of us. But Jesus says, no, everybody can be one of us. And we have to change our mindsets. That's what Jesus Jesus is trying to do with these guys you know that it's it's uh, the neighbors couldn't figure it out the the religious leaders even his parents you see cuz even his parents were under the pressure of the of belonging and cuz they were they were uh, threatened with being thrown out of the fellowship there and even his parents were like well ask him but Jesus they basically do throw him out and Jesus goes to find him. And again, a fun thing is to look at the progression of this guy finally comes to a place, the blind beggar, worships Jesus at the end of the story. It's an incredible place where when we get our minds reset, when we have our minds renewed and transformed, we can do nothing but worship God. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're a Wellspring house, I know I'm, I'm uh, obsessing over the Wellspring house. But when you when you have that and you're operating it, that's you know you're gonna you won't be able to do anything except worship God, because you'll know it, only God could make this stuff happen. And what one, one last thing about this story, just to pull some uh, one more thing out of, it is that you know sometimes I didn't actually I didn't tell you about working the word, but I did talk a little bit about it. You know, the guy had the word. And this is a TD Jakes uh, f- phrase that you have to work the word that Jesus gives you. And it's that, it's that one step, another step, working the Word. It's okay. You know, a lot of people get the Word. A lot of people can even preach the Word, but they don't work the Word. You know, that's what James, James talks about, you know, uh, show, me your, show me your faith by your works. You know, do, let me see you do it. You know what I'm saying? That's, and uh, you know, we, we have to work that Word. But at the end of this story, he dives into the pool. And for some of us, some churches, you know, I, I go to some churches, and they're doing the same thing they were doing the last time I was there and the last 10 times and 20 times. And some of us in our lives, we just do, we're just we doing the same old, same old. We're just following what revelations we had back then. And to me, diving into the Pool of Siloam is diving into something bigger than you've ever been before. And when you dive into something, it's because Jesus wants us to reinvent ourselves. We're in a, we're in a day. Everything is changing, and we need to change. We have to reinvent ourselves in, 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 for, for where we are today. See, other, otherwise you're, you get boring. You're just pulling out the same old tricks. You're doing the same old, same old, same old, and God is creative. And, you know, jumping into that pool, where's the pool that you need to jump into? Where's the, uh, that, a new group of people that you need to dive into? The, or, you know, a, a new, even a new career that you need to dive into or a new ministry that you need to dive into, but uh, a place where there's more education to dive into. Otherwise, you're always working off the old stuff, and God is certainly doing a new thing. And when you dive into that, uh, when you dive into the new, something bigger than who you are, then it releases faith, and faith pleases God, and you come to a place of transformation. So I want to I want to leave you with that. I think we have uh, folks that are going to come up. Uh, I, I want to just I want to be able to pray for you. I must have ended early, huh? Hey, how about that? You always the first time you come to a church, you always end a little early. Then people want you back. You know, you don't want to be the, you don't want to be the guy. Oh, he was good for the first forty minutes, but then after that, it was like uh, it was all downhill. I, just, I want to be able to pray for you if we can. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're so thankful for the worship in this place. And Lord, I love that it's outside and it's just affecting all the air and all the atmosphere. That your presence is just going forth and your wor- the worship is just uh, changing. It's changing everything in this whole area. I'm also asking, Father, your Holy Spirit would touch every life here. Those that are feeling like a blind beggar, those from birth that felt like rejected and abandoned, and they feel people, Lord, that are here today that are feeling like they're misfits and they don't fit in. Jesus, I know you stop and touch those people. I know that you love us, Lord, those that are walk to the beat of a different drummer, those that have made mistakes that would seem like it would count them out, those who make mistakes over and over and over again, and they say, no, God could never use me. Those who come from homes, Lord, that aren't so hot, and uh, they would say, even in, my, even in my upbringing, God could never use me. Father, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would move in, in those lives of people who have counted themselves out, people who have disqualified themselves. And begin to touch them, begin to give them a word of faith to move on. Father, even for the church here, for leaders and people, that you would help them to dive into something new and something that is bigger than anything they've ever thought of before. Show us some new pools to jump into, some new places, Lord, some new challenges in our life, new places to release faith. I know you can do it, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Bless this place. Bless uh, bless Pastor Chris and Joan. We ask you to fill them, Lord, to overflow them with your spirit. Lord, that you strengthen them in their relationship with each other and just rejuvenate them for the times ahead. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen and amen. We hope this message has encouraged and challenged you in your walk with God today. Again, this podcast is a resource of Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York. If you'd like to learn more about us, find us at our website at zionfellowship.net or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, feel free to give us a call at 585-394-7450. Blessings to you as you continue in your day.